0: Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's pretending that she's Dave C. right now, and that makes this a short stuff about Chuck Goosebumps. All those R.L. Stein fans out there are going to be very (laughs) disappointed in a second.
1: Those were below my age range. Same here. Those came along after we left, right? After we left childhood.
0: uh, Yeah, definitely. Um... But I have to say, if you've been on Netflix and you're looking for something scary, slashery to watch, but that's also really smart, that same dude came up with something called Fear Street. Um, It's a three-part series, really, really well done. Um, And it is not meant for kids at all. Like, it is super gory, super graphic. Just, it's, like, it's almost like R.L. Stein was like, I'm so sick of writing for kids, and then just went the opposite direction. So, it's definitely worth watching. Anyone on a murder spree? Yeah, pretty much, man. It's really good. They shot some of those goosebumps in right around our neighborhoods. Oh, that's great, man. Did you sell them um, uh, Bloody Caesars? Very funny. <laughs> so, let's start talking about goosebumps, the real goosebumps. Um... Which is also known as piloerection.
1: Well, I guess somebody had to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, nothing funny about that word, though, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, goosebumps are obviously an evolutionary holdover, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this before. We but have. We have definitely. we? In just in some random. Uh, yep.
0: I think it's either that or we did like a video explainer on it or something. Ah, okay. I know I did a Don't Be Dumb, but that's not that's not it. You and I have talked about it before, too.
1: All right. Well, should we just tell people to go watch Don't Be Dumb and sign off?
0: No, no, no. Because this can
1: <laughs> be way better than that Don't Be Dumb. Okay. Uh, well, Goosebumps are an evolutionary holdover. Uh, and, you know, sort of the – and I think a lot of people know this, but one of the things that happens when you get Goosebumps is – Uh, ideally you have little tiny hair standing on end. Yeah. Um, You can also get goosebumps where there is no hair. But again, evolutionary holdover from when we were all much more furry individuals. And you called it piloerection, and that's because it is uh, the piloerector muscles Mm -hmm. that are contracting and making, uh, if you do have hair, stand on end, and tuk-tuk, when you had much more hair, stand on end.
0: Yeah, or like you said, if you don't have hair, it's just like this kind of raised... You look like a plucked goose in that that um, area, which I it's just realized is why they call it goosebumps.
1: <laughs> you didn't know that? Are you kidding?
0: Uh, it was one of those things like it just never stopped and thought about it.
1: I've heard people say chicken skin too.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense as well. But So the, the second function, you mentioned the first one was to keep us warm. The second one was that if we were scared back in the day when we had a lot more hair... Or let's say other animals that um, get goosebumps, Um, and it makes their hair stand on end, it makes them appear bigger to a predator. So it's a fight or flight response, which is appropriate because it's part of the sympathetic nervous system, goosebumps are. But Chuck, there's something really unique about goosebumps as far as sympathetic nervous system stuff goes. It's, from what anyone can tell, the only sympathetic nervous response that can be consciously controlled it's extremely rare, but they found that some people can give themselves goosebumps. It's
1: pretty awesome. It's a yeah, good it talent. Is, it totally uh, is. As far as the you know the evolutionary holdover, uh, I don't think we said that it keeps us warm because it raises that hair up, and what happens is air gets trapped in that space between. Right, as uh, Dave Matthews would say. Oh, Isn't man. that Dave Matthews? Why would you do that to everybody? <laughs> I don't even like dave matthews i'm not even sure how i know that song well i mean he's he's got a few hits under his belt for sure i guess that's one of them uh so that'll help keep you warm and as far as the puffing up to appear bigger like you still see this all over the place in the animal kingdom mm-hmm. um whether or not uh you're a dog barges in on your cat and your cat puffs it puffs up it's always funny looking when a cat puffs that tail and body up for sure to try to appear, you know, like half an inch bigger than they really are all <laughs> right, over. Right. Uh, but it's not just cats. You see all kinds of animals that'll, that'll puff up their fur or feathers because birds do kind of the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And the whole thing is like, leave me alone. I'm way bigger than you thought. Run away. Just don't even test me, right? Yeah, but don't think a, about it, buddy. So that makes them totally useless in humans. Like because we don't have enough hair to warm ourselves and we don't have enough hair to appear any bigger. So, like you said, kept calling it an evolutionary holdover. But what's really interesting about Goosebumps is somehow, some way, along the way, as humans developed more and more consciousness and intelligence and uh, our brains just kept evolving, something happened to where our Goosebump response got Mm -hmm. hijacked when we hear certain emotionally evocative things.
1: Yeah. Like if you've ever been at a live concert and gotten chills because something was so overwhelming emotionally.
0: Yeah, like the dude from Boston like just really delivered an amazing <laughs> drum solo. Uh
1: wow, okay. I didn't that's funny. Out of all the uh, people in Boston I didn't see going toward the drummer. But... Oh he had the greatest afro of all time. <laughs> oh the, the original guy? Yeah Barry, I think. Yeah, oh, I can't remember his name, but yeah he had a fantastic afro Do you right. know all those guys went to MIT? Uh, I didn't know all of them did. I know Tom Schultz did. I'm pretty sure all of them did. Because uh, Schultz was the guitar genius who kind of built a bunch of equipment along the way mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. technically minded guy. Yeah, for sure. And very kind of creepy and sad what happened to the lead singer.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. You'll have to tell me um, later on. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is a shorty, so you can just Google that if you're interested, people. So, should we take a break, I guess?
0: Yeah, sure. I think we kind of build up a cliffhanger. Like, why? What happened? Like, what? how did our... Our, our goosebumps get hijacked for when something emotional happens, specifically when we're at a live concert watching Boston.
1: Yeah. And did they all go to MIT? We'll find all this out right <laughs> after this. <laughs> do,
2: do, 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 do. You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, so there's a guy. uh, Well, there have been a few studies about this before we get to the guy. There was a study in January 2011 in biological psychology. And a big shout out to Jennifer Walker Journey of com, mm-hmm. for the help with this. But uh, they did a test where they basically said, hey, let's see what kind of goosebumps, uh, what they called subjective chills, we could get out of people if we sit them down and introduce them or at least let them hear certain musics. Right. And they chose a couple. I'm sure they chose a bunch, but the two highlighted here are Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, Mm-hmm. And they called it a chill ratio of fifty percent, and a pilo or pilo erection ratio of fourteen percent. So four, like goosebumps of fourteen percent.
0: Not not bad. Fourteen percent of the participants got goosebumps listening to that song, right? I think that's what that means. Yeah, but what's next? What's next is it's not even fair. They brought out the big guns, <laughs> and they dropped Purple Rain on everybody. Yeah, not bad. And unsurprisingly, Purple Rain scored a 100% chill ratio. Every single person in that study listening to Purple Rain had shivers up and down their spine. Yeah. And half got
1: goosebumps.
0: And I can tell you the exact moment in that song when everyone oh, yeah. got chills and goosebumps. <laughs> when Prince starts wailing at the end.
1: Honey, I know, I know, I know. Um, Vocally wailing or guitar wailing?
0: Vocally wailing. Yeah, yeah. When he comes in and joins, like, his guitar, and it actually—it just kind of comes out of nowhere, but it fits so perfectly. And that actually really jibes with research that a lot of um, of the things that give us goosebumps or chills down our spine are when some sort of solo vocal or instrument emerges from a more complex musical background. And that's about as good an example of that as you're going to find.
1: Yeah, and that to me is like a really cool thing is uh, there's this guy named Mitchell Culver who – I don't know if HowStuffWorks got in touch with him. They used to do interviews and stuff. But he was an instructor, may still be, at Utah State University. And he studied a lot of this stuff and basically said, you know, you have – and he put it very simplistically by saying like you have two brains essentially Mm – but he, he broke it down into thinking, like, you have your sort of emotional brain and then your sort of rational thinking brain. Right. And your emotional brain is still that sort of, uh, you know, evolutionarily wired tuk-tuk brain. And it's it's still, you know, even though we're walking around in modern society, it's still sort of always aware and looking out for anything that might be a bad thing for you, whether it's a threat or a hole in the sidewalk.
0: Or, like you, when you were a kid, you'd walk into a room and identify the weapons, like you were Jason Bourne right. or something like that. <laughs> right. So, the thing is, is, while you're constantly looking for those threats, um, eventually you find one once in a while, or you think you do, um, because we're still wired to be worried about the the original threats that were a problem for humans and then our animal ancestors. So very often when we see something, we're startled or we, or we perceive it as a threat with our emotional brain. After a beat or so, when our um, thinking brain, uh, our more evolved conscious brain, comes in and analyzes situations like, calm down, calm down, that's not even a threat. And that after that point, there's a a tension that was built up that's now released, and it usually kind of feels pretty good. So Culver has linked that to why we would get goosebumps or the chills with music. And I think it's a good theory. My problem with this, at least in this article, is it's presented... As if like this is done. We've done all the research, and this is the answer mm-hmm. we we know now. And that's absolutely not the case. Like this is a this is a theory. It's a hypothesis. It's a good one, but it's not. It's not that's it. Like everyone just agrees that that's what's
1: going on. No, I completely agree. Um, and you know, you mentioned the fact that like a, uh, uh, sort of harmonies coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. or when Prince's voice melds with that. Uh, guitar solo or something that is sort of the unexpected thing that can draw the or I guess build a bridge between the two brains right as far as Culver's concerned Uh, and the key of it all though is in in modern humans like getting those pleasurable goosebumps and not because you're like afraid or something is because you actually get a dopamine hit when you're getting that aesthetic Uh, set of goosebumps
0: yes but culver and people who subscribe to his hypothesis i think are putting like the cart before the horse because they're saying when your brain resolves that it's not actually an issue you get a dump of dopamine i think the dopamine comes from something else i don't think that's necessarily what it is because i think you can be surprised and startled and then you know realize you you were you know that's actually not a deadly spider. It's a Fisher-Price little person. You don't get, like, some dump of (laughs) dopamine over that. Um, True. So I think that there's something else to it. And it seems to be specifically coming from, uh, again, an emotionally evocative song or scene in a movie or something like that. And it has to be a certain kind of emotion, too. Anger doesn't necessarily do it. It's usually something sad or something deeply, like, romantic or something really hopeful, just something... Something that's not, like, just, like, negative through and through.
1: Interesting, because I feel like I get chill bumps, like, in a movie more when it's, like, sort of a chilling reveal of something. Okay. Where I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what was going on, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, well, that would definitely jive with Culver's hypothesis, that it's that you anticipate one thing or your brain thinks of one thing. When it changes, your your emotional brain gets scared. Oh, it's a threat. Because, as he points out, like, our, our emotional brain... There's no such thing as a pleasant surprise to it, and so when it gets startled, we're afraid, and then our thinking brain comes in and is like, no, no, it's beautiful music. Um, Again, it's a good hypothesis. I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole thing, but it it doesn't seem like he's just, you know, pulled this out of his hat and like— that's it. Like, he's definitely tested it and written papers on it and all of that. Yeah. It's just not settled, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I saw another, um, another hypothesis by a guy um, named Jock, J-A-K, Ponskip, um, which okay. is a wonderful name. And they wrote a study in 2011 and their hypothesis was that, um, the that solo voice, like Prince Wailing at the end of, of Purple Rain or like a, a really great you know, oboe solo emerging out of nowhere, because who's expecting <laughs> yeah. that, right? Nobody. That, that it mimics a separation call, and that it triggers that sense of loss that, um, that is just completely ingrained in us from the you know, oh, millions of years of natural history, that we're attuned to listen out for that, and that that's what's, what's triggering that, that chill or that response. I like that. I like that one, too. I think I'm out. Oh, yeah? Are you on the jock-panskep train? <laughs> yeah, I think so. i got nothing more. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, great. All right, well, then that's it for short stuff, okay?
1: We're out.
2: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts myHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.